Welcome, my friends, to another Wednesday evening on the Sage of Quay Radio Hour, your home for free and critical thinking. And I'm your host, Mike Williams. Our special guest for tonight's show is columnist Jack Hart. I recently had the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Hart. We spent the time discussing his research and articles which have been published on Open Salon and Veterans Today. His current article entitled, Black Sun Rising is Up on VT as We Speak. His research into alternative and suppressed history, religion, and his knowledge of the occult make for some very interesting listening and perspectives. Although some of what is discussed during the interview might be considered controversial, especially within the context of mainstream history, I recommend you keep an open mind because the discussion will make you think. And as always, do your own research and validate your own conclusions. So without further ado... Here is my interview with Mr. Jack Hart. So, Jack, just give us a little background on how you got started writing. You started with Open Salon, and then now you're writing for Veterans Today. If you could just give us a little background as to how that came around. Oh, actually, I wrote a lot in college. I, I kind of like, I put myself through community college writing, actually. I was getting $50 a paper. I would guarantee an A with it. And, uh... When I got out of college, I started a landscaping business. Uh, I didn't pick up a pen, really, except to do uh, mechanical drafting plans of houses uh, for 30 years. And I didn't even know how to type. And I went to school for AutoCAD. I learned how to use a computer. And I went on the Internet. A whole new world opened up for me. I mean, I know a lot about things about the occult anyway from reading and from being around certain people. But all these other things about politics and who did what to who, and even about 911, I don't think I was really even aware of, of just how wide openly staged that was until I got on the internet and I started reading people. I, I, I think I started with uh, John Kaminsky, then I got into certain Barrett, uh, Gordon Duff was great. There's, there's a bunch of writers on the internet that the mainstream media never goes to. And, and they tell you a lot more, even if you want to talk, learn about economics. I mean, you could go to Linda LaRouche. They try to tell you the guy was crazy. Right. But meanwhile, he wrote a book, Drugs, Inc. They railroaded him into jail. The guy was a presidential candidate. It's, it's rumored that Henry Kissinger actually had a nervous breakdown when the book came out. He traced the whole line of where dope smuggling started with the Queen of England and with all the different banks. And he did this 15 years ago. And anyway... I looked at all that and I said, wow, this is something I would really like to do. And here I am. I just got my associates in AutoCAD and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to write on the internet. So that's what I started doing. I, I registered on Open Salon. These people on Open Salon, I mean, they got a, a reputation for being like, uh, almost like Illuminati headquarters. You know, that's, I don't believe in the, but you know, that's what other people have told me. Oh, that's an Illuminati site, that's Salon, Open Salon. I'll tell you, every time I wrote something on there, it was like, I know there was a team of writers that were trained to actually attack me. It was like attack dogs. Mm. And I expected them. I learned to expect them, and I learned to cover my writing with a lot of research and be ready for them. I, I had to learn where to put the periods, where to put the apostrophes again. It was like relearning something all over again. But in about two or three years, I was ready to really start writing some stuff that would, would be of note. So I... Went into an extensive period of research. I had an argument with a couple of my Jewish friends on there about how the Jewish people were in America hundreds of years before Columbus. They tried to deny that, and I said I would prove it. Okay, well, I thought that would be like a week or two of research. It took me nine months of research. What I found out was just jaw-dropping. I ended up doing a post. What was it this? Skinwalker? Uh, yeah, Skinwalker. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Skinwalker. I forgot the complete title of it, but it's it's about twenty thousand words. It went through the whole thing. The next thing I knew, two months after I, I published it, Scott Walt, I used his forensic evidence in the second part, has a job on National Geographic saying all the same things. Uh, actually, I watched. I watched the show the other night, and he uses a 
my proof of the Hebrew occupation down to the letter, because there's like four or five irrefutable cases that they can't, they can't, no matter what they do, they, they try to hide these things all the time. They try to cover up with disassembly. You'll have ten different scholars that will say ten different things and try to confuse the issue. But there are, I don't have the notes from it, but there are, everything I used on part two, those cannot be refuted. You shouldn't even be hearing about Columbus, first of all. Aristotle and Diodorus of Sicily wrote that the Phoenicians came here 2,000 years ago. They colonized this place. And it goes back even further than that. Omphor is the real. Actually, where Rio de Janeiro is, that's where Omphor was. And they traded with the New World extensively 3,000 years ago. Now they're finding mummies with the elongated skulls, just like they had in Egypt in the days of Akahenaton, uh, as his family is depicted. That can only mean that after Akahenaton's reign was overthrown, the rest of the family probably fled to South America. That's the way I see it. As, as one son that stayed behind, Tatakaman, King Tut, was murdered, and they all had the elongated skulls. And the Egyptians were doing the same thing to their skulls. They were probably born that way, that, that family, Akahenaton's family. But a lot of them started elongating their skulls in imitation. And it really, that started the one God thing that we have now, this curse on the world, the Abrahamic God. Uh, Because before that, people believed in multiple gods. So I I, I wrote the series, and and it's the material I see it being used all over the TV set, particularly on ancient aliens. They quote me verbatim, and so does Scott Walter. At first I thought it was coincidence, but I'm watching Scott Walter on TV, and and then he he does the Newport Tower, which I also covered. And he starts covering what I said about the cosmic egg and the goddess, and and depicting temple worship of the goddess. It was nothing that was written before I wrote it. Uh, So he had to have gotten it from my series. Yeah, it would be highly unlikely that somebody would just wander into that after you wrote your your article. Michael, I tried to back it up, because every time I write something, like I said, I try to back it up with sources. But that I had known by oral tradition, and then people had told me this, and uh, and I I put it in there. And the next thing he's doing, he's saying it. It's not on the Internet. The only place if you Googled it at the time he said it, maybe it is now, was, was on my piece. So I wish I could take them to court and had enough money of plagiarizing my stuff. But in any case, I'm glad he has a job because he's doing a much-needed service. We have been lied to about our history. The things that they teach, most of these teachers belong in jail. They don't belong teaching kids. They're teaching these kids lies. We can go on about Einstein's theory of relativity, too, that was refuted in 1964 by a guy named Bell and Bell's theorem. There is no speed of light. This is all nonsense. They're putting limitations on what these kids can think. And by doing that, they're putting limitations on where society can go. We're controlled. Certain people like you are trying to wake us up, which is good. Yeah, well, me, you, and there's a bunch of us out there that are trying to do that now. But, Jack, if you just go back to the elongated skull, Now, there has been a rash, at least from my perspective, of articles that have been published which have shown that there are these elongated skulls, and they're trying to tell us that, you know, the heads were wrapped and all that stuff. Uh, They have been measured by the premier scholar of Mesoamerica. Brin, I think his name is, they've been shown to contain more brain matter than a human skull. That, That is an outright lie. That's what I mean. Now, one of them will lie... And 25 will write articles about it, and then Google will put them on the top of the search. Like, that lends credentials to them. These are lies. I think you've sent me stuff yourself. These skulls, they measure them with sand. They pour sand into them. And the volume for the brain matter on some, on some of those skulls has been shown to be 20 to 30% more than the human skull. Yeah, I mean, there were some articles that I had posted up on the blog, and one of them had to do with some skulls that I believe they were found in Mexico that, I mean, just looking at the pictures, I mean, I'm don't pretend to be an expert in human anatomy, but I'm looking at those skulls and I'm thinking to myself, that doesn't look human at all. Right, and, and the jaw bones are bigger, the bones are thicker. I, I forgot the guy's name. It's in my it's in my Skinwalker series. He is considered like big expert on Mesoamerican culture. They'll try to tell you that a guy named Cohn is. This is the guy that insists that blacks never came to the Americas in the face of Olmec art, which only depicts black people. Then he says he, he won't believe that Africans were in, in the, the Americas until a skull was found. Three skeletons of black people have already been unearthed. 
But yet he drones on that black people never came to, to the Americas. And if you check into this man's credentials, he is a CIA spy and admitted CIA. He did a lot of work for them when he first started. And consequently, he became very famous. He's the one that okayed the, uh, or says, their interpretations of the Mayan scri uh, scripts or the box writing is correct. It's not. It's not even close, a lot of it. Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert. I can't read it either, but I know they can't either. Obviously, because we're all still here, weren't we all supposed to die in 2012? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me, let me ask this now. You and I know why it is we have the disinformation out there. If we just stick on the topic of the skulls for a moment. Okay. But some people are out there listening and asking themselves, well, why would they lie about this stuff? So what would your response to be? <laughs> Why would they lie about this stuff? Because they want you to believe that you're descended from a monkey, that you're an animal, that you're never going to be any more than an animal, and you, got, you have a base instincts that uh, potential gratification and potential threat. And once those base instincts are satisfied, that you're controllable, that you don't need anything more, they prefer their sheep, lobotomized and the lie just is part of the training program it's it's, uh, it's almost like sheeple training you are not descended from the stars you are a monkey i mean what could be more insulting than to, to, to tell somebody they are descended from a creature that sits in the corner and throws its excrement at you <laughs> you ever go to a zoo and watch what a monkey does they're the most revolting creature there is I'd much rather be a dog than a monkey, or a cat, or something with some dignity. A monkey? So then some listeners might say, okay, what we're saying here is that the Darwin's theory of evolution is bogus. That's uh, another theory that was disproven by a guy named Charles Aldous Whitman, who was the most brilliant, brilliant zoologist of his time. He was a contemporary a little bit later than Darwin. He was actually the guy they used to try to bring back the carrier pigeons, which were a vital war weapon that they used in World War One, So that's how important it was to them. But he, his field of expertise was breeding animals and stuff. And he believed in the theory of evolution. Now, he set about in scientific experiments trying to produce empirical evidence that it was correct. He tried for uh, 10, 20 years and he came out with the opposite conclusion. That it was all nonsense. That it had no basis in fact whatsoever. Charles Otis Whitman, he wrote a three-volume work on it, yet no scholar will... If you, you hold that up to them, it's like, it's like holding a vampire in front of... Uh, of course, in front of a TV vampire. They just have no answer for it. So then how did we get here? So people listening are thinking, okay, well... Uh, I, Michael, I wish I knew how we got here, but they should read my new, new series, Black Sun Rising. We're working it out right now. Uh, I think maybe the Germans know... I don't want to say too much. I'm still looking at all the research. A lot of it is in German, and a lot of it's in Italian. A lot of it's in Spanish. But I have uh, I have about half a dozen people working on it with me from those countries. And so you're still digging in. We're digging into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's stuff that's that's. I don't even want to get that series. Will go into who's been killed for saying what, what books have been written, taken off, taken off the, and now put back on thanks to publications like Nexus. Like I said, this is a conspiracy beyond anybody's wildest imagination. Now, the article "Black Sun Rising," you have this published. It's up today. It's on Veterans Today. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think it was number five in two days for the week. It's going, it's rising. <laughs> for a second, let's just switch gears and we'll stick on veterans today. We'll get back to Black Sun Rising. Let's talk a little bit about the series of articles that you did post up on Veterans Today, six parts called... Oh, they're on rebel.org right now. I, I also write on there sometimes and they just reposted all six parts. So if anybody wants to go on there, they're on there. And this was uh, behind the bush, Alistair Crowley, yeah, Yates, and right, the right. Antichrist and Armageddon? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So can you just talk to us a little bit about what that series was putting forth, what it was putting out there? Yeah, I can, but... Uh, well, as much as you can. The intent was to show that the Abrahamic religions have been a lie that's been foisted on man since the last... 3,000 years, maybe. I spell it out clearly in the, uh, the new one, Black Sun Rising, in just a couple of sentences. But... 
The fulcrum of the lie is that the Abrahamic religions were founded by a simple tribe of nomadic goat herders. This is the most absurd lie that has ever been told in history. And you were showed on TV the poor, simple Jewish farmers and stuff, and they're sitting in the meadows with their sheep. That is not the way Jerusalem was. It was the center of the Middle East. There was millions of people living there. They had a, a Rome, When Rome walked in there and occupied them in 63 B.C., after they fought them for 300 years, starting with the Punic Wars and ending with the Metharic Wars, they walked in and occupied Jerusalem, which led to riots between the two different types, Messianic Judaism, fought what you would now call Talmudic Judaism in the street. Over one million people were killed. Josephus records all of it, and it's very detailed, and he was there. So I don't know what they're talking about with these goat herders and the shepherds and the manger. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. So very similar to the situation we have with the elongated skulls. I mean, we're being fed disinformation and history, which actually, in your view, did not transpire. It never happened, Michael. Never. None of it. None of it. You, you, that stuff like you see Dr. Zihai Hawais. This guy, I, I remember when they first introduced him on the air. They had him on the air. Like, I, I'm no big fan of, of ancient aliens, but uh, David Hatch Childress is on there, okay, or, or say even Graham Hancock. Uh, now, they brought Dr. Zihai Hawais, who's actually known as the gatekeeper in Egypt. They won't let any Egyptologists in there that aren't going to echo the party line. Since an American geologist went in there and water dated that sphinx to be 10,000 years old, and Dr. Zihai Hawais is the guy who makes sure they don't get in. He was put in jail when they had the first uh, Egyptian uprising for being for taking all kinds of graft. And every archaeologist in the world that wasn't a moron celebrated that he was put in jail. But in any case, they introduced him on National Geographic, Michael. And you know who he debated about what the, who, who made the pyramids? He didn't debate Childress. He didn't debate Graham Hancock. He debated a psychic from the Edgar Case Foundation. This goes over with people? I, I mean... You should have just turned it off. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you and I both know. I mean, the masses, you know, a lot of 10-watt bulbs out there. I mean, they just consume whatever comes out of the TV set. Right. They just take and they grab onto. I think you sent it to me. It had Morgan Freeman on there, and he said, the scientists announced today that people believe whatever scientists announced today. You know, <laughs> scientists say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just one big propaganda machine, you know, and it's propaganda, and I've had this in a couple of other radio shows that I've put up, which it's mind control. But you have guys out there that are, like, I should criticize Scott Walter because he don't send me checks, but he is pulling their pants down around their ankles, so I, I'll, I'll give him that, you know. He's pulling their pants, he's the number one forensic expert in the world, and he's just exposing them for the blatant liars that they are with every show he puts on, unearthing America. So. Yeah, well, more and more people are, you know, opening uh, up the curtain. That's what it is, Michael. I, I think they had their finger in the dike, and that dike just started to crack so yeah. much. We're witnessing the dike roll right over them in a tidal wave. Yeah, you and know? you know what? What I tell people, Jack, is we don't need everybody uh, to make this change. We just need critical mass because those that comprise the critical mass are the free thinkers and the critical thinkers. Those are the people that can actually push the buttons to make things happen. So like you said, that dam, you know, they had their finger in it and they had it controlled for so long, and now all of a sudden that dam has is, is got cracks all over the place. And they're not going to be able to contain no, all the can't. disinformation and the lies. The, the only way they can do it is, is, is to pull the plug on the electric and, uh, and take the Internet out. And it just can't be done. I mean, there's people who are just as good at it as they are. They call themselves anonymous. So uh, let, they've tried it. I, I mean, these people will pull the plugs on their stuff, you know. Uh, all of a sudden, the credit card companies go offline for a day. So that won't be done. So now talking about that, just switching gears a little bit. So we have you talk about anonymous. Now, some people tell you, or have the belief that anonymous is nothing more than uh, controlled opposition. I don't think you think that's who they are based upon what you just said, but do you believe that we have some kind of fracture, some kind of war going on within the government, the government agencies, within the Pentagon and the military? There's no doubt about it, Michael. That's the research I'm doing right now. That's what Black Sun Rising is about. Okay. We've, we've had one going on for... 
Uh, World War II didn't even end. It never really ended. There's no treaty signed with Germany. So well, I, I just want to stop there. before. Okay. Uh, my evidence will be presented in writing. So. All right, so fair enough. So you're going to uncover this and unveil it in follow-up articles uh, with Black Sun Rising. Right, okay. right. Okay, got it. Okay. So, Jack, let's just, for a second here, let's just shift a little bit to the occult. And there's a lot of information out on the internet and in books in whatever but a lot of it is disinformation or a lot of it is people who want to believe that they're experts and they understand this stuff but they really don't and so what I wanted to talk a little bit about is the occult and I'm referring to the occult I know that means hidden but I'm referring more to magic and I was wondering if you can just for the purposes of the audience just describe a little bit when we talk about magic what are we talking about? Okay, first I'd like to say that when you talk about magic, you should put a K on it at the end of it, like Golden Dawn said, to delineate it from parlor magic where, you know, the magician pulls the rabbit out of the hat for the kids at the party. Uh, magic is a religion with a K on the end of it, and it's far more ancient than Christianity and Judaism, too. It probably started with Zarathustra himself and the Avistas, uh, which have been reported to be up to 12,000 years old, which corresponds nicely with what they now know about Becky Tepe, which they will never, another thing they'll never tell you about. They've discovered now that there is a city and temple that is 12,000 years old, but have they changed the history books? No. No. No, they'll tell you Samaria so, is the oldest civilization. Yes, right? I was just going to say that. They were still telling kids that Samaria started civilization. I, I just say, now these teachers have to be reading books unless they're totally ignorant. Uh, so they're sitting there and they're deliberately lying to people's children. More power to everybody who homeschools their children. It's almost like you're sending your kid into a toxic waste dump when you send them into a public or, or a Catholic school. I don't know what they teach in yeshiva, but I think they're a little smarter there. Uh, I think they actually do teach those kids some of the truth, but I, I don't know. Well, the public schools, those educations are nothing more than indoctrination and propaganda. Exactly. Yeah. They, they're making slaves. They're making new slaves. You right. know? They make them smart enough to sit in their little office cubicle and perform their appointed right. tasks. Right, so they learn like how to push the right buttons and, you yeah. know, and sign the right documents and distribute the right paper. You know, They're not formulating critical thinkers and free thinkers. They're... They're formulating robots, people that will function within the matrix. Right. Right, and not question Okay, authority. so we're going to go, we're, I, I was going, I went off a little bit on the tangent. Okay, yeah. you asked me about magic. Now, what you have on the internet is a lot of people who think they know. There aren't very many books written about magic where you're going to write, read about it to learn it. Uh, much of it is oral tradition. Many of these secret societies, if you do reveal what you know, you will end up like Frederick Nietzsche was visioned. And references are made to it in uh, Brotherhood of the Third Degree, which was written a year or two later after he went insane, for writing The Antichrist, by the way, which wasn't even published yet. But about how they poisoned the German mathematician was revealing their secrets. I mean, you sworn to secrecy before they'll teach you anything. Luckily for... Uh, for me, I never actually joined any of these groups and never made no uh, oaths. So I can say a few things, and I'm going to say something here. I've already said it in part six of uh, my Behind the Bush series, which is probably why I wasn't allowed to continue. I've heard the Freemasons got really upset that I published the true names of God. When you see 13, like everybody talks about, oh, this is on the back of a dollar bill, it means this, it means that. Now, all this simply is a little formula that they have. You're not allowed to say the name of God, either if you are a Freemason or if you are a Jew. Uh, you use Jehovah or you use Yahweh, but those are just anagrams. There are 12 of them, and they're not correct. They're formulated, the star, D letters are arranged the same way as star is on the Great Seal of America. There are two names. One is for expansion, the other contraction. And the living preachers rush forth and return, as they say in the Zohar. In other words, one is for conjuring and one is for banishing. 
Now, when you see something like the Green Wars or something like that, they'll have little magical circles and stuff with their little... Uh, then you'll see, uh, you know, Jehovah, uh, and it's written in Hebrew to look real authentic, you know? But that's not what you use. What you use is the real names, which uh, real magicians know that. But nobody ever said it. I'm the first one to ever say it, I believe. Uh, well, what happens when they invoke the real names? Maybe nothing. It depends. It depends on how strong you are. These things don't have to come. You can't force them to do something. Especially if, uh, if you're just a kid playing around. More likely what you're going to get when you try to invoke something is what they call a clippet or a shell. Uh, which is uh, just the residue of somebody who's lived. When you pass on, when the spirit passes on, they leave something like that doesn't want to leave the material world. The Jews call it clippeth, or shell it means. It's the shell of what you, your soul. These things are usually hostile because they envy the living. And uh, all they're going to do is, is, is mess with people's heads. That's how you see these people with their haunted house stories and stuff, and these spirits that ruin their lives. These are shells. They're not even demons. Like they talk, uh, you'll have these exorcists talking about all oh, these. They so said exorcists. This was a demon. It wasn't just a, a go, no. It wasn't a, if it was a demon. A demon is an angel, a malevolent angel. And there's no exorcist in the world that's going to get rid of one. It's like you're saying that you're stronger than a god. You don't have no chance against the demon. You know, it's uh, it's a third grader fighting Mike Tyson. So uh, forget that they got delusions of grandeur. But if you really know what you're doing and you're dedicated enough to special diets and stuff, you will see things. You'll see things like the atmosphere around you will become electrified. Uh, in cases where, like in the real society, where women, we mediums were used, their hair will stand up. Networks of blue sparks fly through the hair. It's it's uh, it's very stunning to look at. First time I see, first time I seen it, I didn't believe what I was seeing. I'll tell you that much. Well, so then, when a magician is, I guess what they're doing here is they're performing some kind of ritual, right? How do they? How do they? Well, who are they summoning? I mean, who are they summoning? Why are they summoning? That's what I mean. I mean, you cannot, you can't, you can't just like summon a certain demon because they'll just lie to you. The first thing a Jesuit will try to do when they perform an exorcism is try to find out the name of the demon because. Unless you know their name, you really don't have no power over them. That's why the, the two secret names of God, the names of God are kept so secret. But what you can do is create a portal for them to come through. And that's usually done through, well, in black magic, it's done through blood sacrifice. And uh, in white magic, it's more or less done through sex. Okay. I should say more or less. I want to keep it PG. But, uh... <laughs> sexual magic. The other stuff, I've never tried it. I don't really want to comment, and I wouldn't try it because I, I know that you're messing with things and and you're going about it blindfolded. When you say the other stuff you're referring to? What you're talking about, conjuring up a demon okay. or, or, or an angel. There's certain things you got to do to do that. Uh, I mean, there's one called... Uh, the sacred magic about Abraham the Mange. And this is the way what I'm talking about. Say, if you bought uh, McGregor Mathis' book, which is uh, an interpretation from from the Aramaic, uh, he, he interpreted it. What he says is, you have to have a prepubescent child there, and when you undergo all the rituals and the purification is very important. Special diet, special. Way of bathing yourself every day. When you undergo all this, and you're finally ready to manifest this angel, you have to have this child on hand, right? This 12-year-old. It can be a 12-year-old boy or girl, and the angel will give the secrets to the child, and the child will give them to you. That's what it says in the book. Mm -hmm. That's not really what's done. The child is there for sacrifice. That's the way it's really done. See, these books aren't written. A lot of them are just written for the curious. They're not written for, for practical purposes. And then nobody's going to write a book and say, well, you've got to sacrifice a child to do this. Uh, uh, 
But in any case, uh, the people that really know, know know that that's what they're reading. That behind the lines. So, is you know. that Jack? Is that black magic we're talking about? Yes, of Doc, course. Okay. So nobody gets killed in white magic. Okay. It's, it's, blood sacrifice is always black magic. It's, it's almost always black magic. So when we hear stories about, call them the controllers, the puppet masters, whatever you want to call them, and we hear stories about that they are involved in black magic, that there's blood sacrifice, there's human sacrifice, you know, a lot of people discount that and say that stuff is complete baloney and it's just people with creative imaginations, you know, formulating these conspiracy theories. But, I mean, do you have a perspective on that? I mean, is... I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. I don't know what goes on at the Bohemian Grove. Uh, Some of these people look uh, like they'll do just about anything. But, in a way, the people that scoff at it are correct. You're not talking about human entities that are at the top of this pyramid. I mean, that's another thing about magic. There's stuff called hidden masters and, and ascended masters. And these in effect, are disembodied intelligences, gods, so to say, prior human intelligences that run the whole thing. Like when you look at something like 911 and you see all the correspondences and stuff like that, that is beyond a human. Uh, things that match there and the numbers and all that stuff. Nobody planned for that to happen. That was, uh, that was it's almost godlike. I shouldn't say almost. Okay, well, so then... Let's just say that they're practicing black magic, and what you're saying is, you know, at the top of the pyramid are unseen forces. Is that right. what you're saying? Right. Okay. They're, they're satisfying these debased urges, whether it be pedophilia, uh, sadism, you know, sexual depravity, uh, and probably the most usual case, all of the above. But there are other entities that are conjured up through these things that, like I said, portals are opened up with certain energies, which are either sexual or, or fear, and uh, they're able to uh, interact with, with the world of the living then. And they're aware of what they're doing. I mean, Do they control what goes no, on they, here? Do people control it or do these entities? These entities. These entities control it. They control it. Yes. And these are dark entities then? Obviously. Oh, there's light entities too. I, 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 Nikolai Tulsus proved this. You can't have electricity with just one current. It doesn't work. You have to have positive and alternating currents. But is it possible that one has the upper hand? Right now? Yeah. Yes, I would say the dark side has the upper hand right now. Look around you. Uh, but uh, I also would say that the problem must correct itself or the whole creation will cease to exist. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's, that's the safeguard to that. Okay? All right, now it's out of order. It's, it's out of balance. Well, then it will be destroyed and it'll start all over again. It's happened over and over again. Uh, that's another reason they don't want you to know the real history of the human race. Plato tells it to you in Critias. Human race has reached this levels like this before in science. It's been destroyed over and over and over again. Right. Now, I've, I've researched the same thing that, uh, you know, it's a... The big reset button gets hit. Exactly. That's a perfect, that's, that's a great, great word for it, reset button. Right. Yeah, yeah. The reset. It gets out of balance and somebody hits, or it automatically hits reset, you know. And we, we're at a point now where we might be hitting reset real soon. So, Jack, just for a second, though, when we, just to go back to these unseen forces, what I'm trying to get clear is, are the unseen forces, are they being summoned by humans with, let's just say, evil in their heart, through these rituals and the black magic? I wouldn't say they're being summoned, Michael. They're already here. They're being assisted by humans with evil in their heart to satisfy their own debased urges. Okay, the debased urges of the people that are... The humans that are participating. Right, okay. right. Okay. Like I said, they get gratification out of, out of pedophilia, maybe killing a child, a girl, whatever. Or, or I mean, all you need to do is turn on TV and see the twisted things that people have in the backs of their minds. Because now it's become, 
it's become all time for them to just come out and make well, we can turn on CSS and watch uh, somebody engage in necrophilia, you know? Okay, yeah, well, those kind of things, uh, those kind of things are part of the human character, I'm sorry to say. And But when they do those things, these debasing acts like pedophilia and murder, is that making the bond between the humans that are interacting with the unseen forces, the let's say the dark unseen forces, is that making that bond stronger? In other words, is there some kind of energy transfer that's taking yes, place that's there? Yes, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're enabling the uh, entity to, to actually interact, interact with, with, with the physical world, which it wouldn't normally be able to do. I mean, the Dens then had a, had a, a criteria. Uh, they knew it was a skinwalker by certain things were observed, like necrophilia. I, I think it was three different things. It's and what's a skinwalker for those who don't know? A skinwalker is a manifestation of evil. Okay. It's able to do all kinds of things. The Den are petrified to even talk about it. Uh, it's in my uh, part one of my skinwalker series. It gives you the exact criteria they used. Right. Uh, it would usually be like in order for somebody to have these powers of a skinwalker, it would be like, say, they would have to murder the closest person, the person they loved, you know? They would, they would have to... Do, have sex with it, engage in the most twisted and depraved behavior, and then they would be given the powers of this, this malevolent entity, but it's never to perform anything good. They can't do anything good with it. It's always to perform evil acts. Well, what about now when uh, we talk about skinwalkers being the manifestation of evil, and then people come out and they start talking about Lucifer, and they start talking about Satan, oh, and then they use those terms interchangeably. So what's the deal with that? Is it interchangeable, or are they completely... No, they're not interchangeable. And any, any, any Jesuit priest will tell you that Satan and Lucifer are two different entities. As a matter of fact, the Jesuits name their telescope. Their observatory, Lucifer. Yeah. Lucifer means light bearer. Lucifer is another name for Jesus Christ. Actually, in Hebrew, the name for Lucifer is Halal, which means morning star. That is also the name of the Messiah. The complete name of the Messiah is Eoth Hashisha Nuga Kokab, instrument that brings the first light of the beautiful star. It's ambiguous, too. It can mean the instrument that takes away the first light of the beautiful star. It also means to search. It means gazelle. You see in a lot of apocrypha that Jesus is called the gazelle. You'll see all kinds of references and revelations. Uh, uh, actually, there's five to conform with the pentagram. The five points of conjuration of Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega of light, which is what Lucifer is. He's also actually called the bright and morning star in one of the synoptic gospels. I am the bright and morning star. I think it's, it's a quote of Peter's. Lucifer is only talked about once in the New Testament. Now I could go into the Old Testament and tell you where he's talked about too. But the Old Testament has no place being with the New Testament. Uh, the smartest Christian in the world about theology I don't think knows one-eighth of what a rabbi knows. They're, they're just, it's just nonsense. It's like they made it up as they go along. But to answer your question, Lucifer is the good guy, not the bad guy. How he became the bad guy just goes to show how twisted our whole culture is. How did he become the bad guy? How did he become the bad guy? Well, the bad guy ran the world for 2,000 years, the Roman Catholic Church. When they weren't slaughtering innocent people, uh, burning women for practicing home remedies uh, at the stake, they were actually uh, they were engaging in genocide, depopulating the whole south of Europe with the Albanian Crusades, which got rid of their competition, which was the Gnostic Christians, which were the actual heirs of Messianic Judaism, which, by the way, I hear through myself. Uh, a lot of people on the Internet like to think I'm an anti-Semitic, but uh, I despise Talmudic Judaism, so if you want to call me anti-Semitic for that, yeah, I am. But uh, if you're trying to say that I don't like Judaism, I am Messianic Judaic. So, uh, 
they're the ones that are mixed up as far as I'm concerned. Uh, now we can go into Jewish people. How a Messianic Jew can make an alliance with a Talmudic Jew is beyond me. What's good for the Jews? There's no such thing. A million Jews were killed by each other uh, 2,000 years ago when this came to a head, when they asked the Rabbi Halal. Talmudic Jews went up to Rabbi Halal and they told him he knew nothing about the Torah. He looked at them and he says, no, you know nothing about the Torah. I can recite the whole thing standing on one leg. They told him, go ahead, do it. So he stood on one leg and he said, do unto others as you would do, have others do unto you. And he turned his back on them and walked away. And that day started the rioting that Josephus would record killed 1,100,000 Jews. Now they want to talk about there was one religion. It was never one religion. Even the Kabbalah is messed up when they start talking about a chad means unity. It's not one religion. One awaits, one is made a pact with darkness and the other awaits the freedom from that darkness in the form of the Messiah, which would be Lucifer, Eoth HaShichanuga Kolkab, who would come to get the Shekinah, which is what the Jewish people refer to as the world soul. She who is in exile. That is her lawful groom or her husband. And he's supposed to come and get her. That's what Masonic Judaism is all about. And it's no Jesus laying nailed to a cross dead, which is the most blasphemous image there is in religion, to nail God to a cross. It's a strong man that comes and gets her by force, takes her from the evil. How about now Satan? Satan is Jehovah, Yahweh, mm-hmm. El Shaddai, the destroying God. That's what El Shaddai means to lay waste, to desolate, to destroy. That is another name for Yahweh, another name for God the Father. That our Christians like to call everybody who don't believe exactly what they believe a Satanist. They create law after law to make life more and more miserable for their neighbors. The only thing that is of any value in the New Testament, even to, to, if you ask me, is when Jesus tells them to remove the splinter from their own eye before they remove the beam from their own eye before they remove the splinter from their brothers. But that's what the Christian excels at best, telling everybody else how to live. And that's what they've made the world unending misery for, for everybody around them. Uh, and it plunged the world into the dark ages, the lasted even until now. now. Now we're starting to become a little enlightened, but everything went down. The Romans, the Greeks, they lived long, happy lives, and they did things that made people happy. They enjoyed life. Christianity cast a pull over all that, just like Judaism does, Talmudic Judaism. Well, this is going to make a lot of people clutch their chest. You know, I know that uh, in the Gnostic teachings, you know, I really I enjoy John Lash's book, Not in His Image. And uh, Everybody does. John Lash is like a lot of my readers always talk about. Yeah, well, he, he basically says the same. Well, not basically, he says the same thing, that, you know, Yahweh is the demiurge. And um, This is what Christianity started out as, Michael. Uh, then you had guys like Hippolytus, Tertullian, Origene, and uh, they, most of them actually had cut their penises off. They were eunuchs uh, because they hated women so much. Yeah, this is a true story. They wanted Jesus to be a eunuch too. It was a big debate in the Council of Nicaea whether Jesus should even have sexual organs. He wanted, he should hate women too. I, I mean, you'll see that Peter was, was uh, he invented misogyny. But in any case, uh, there's the uh, Reputation of All Heresies, written by Arrhenius. What they did is they took only what they wanted out of the Gnostic teachings, and they threw away the rest, particularly, particularly the part about the Demiurge is the evil. And they made him into a blasphemy of all blasphemies, the Messiah's father. I, I don't know how they did. They must have had some chemist working with them. Huh? I've never seen such, such... They talk about alchemy. But in any case, that's how all this was hammered out. And probably the, the worst book, the book that's done the most harm to the human race, was Irenaeus's Refutation of All Heresies. Then you had Constantine, the power-mad Roman emperor that the Catholic Church wants to make into a hero. guy murdered his own son because he was married to a whore of a second wife, and she got him to murder his most beloved son for no reason whatsoever. His mother always thought he was going straight to hell, which is why she became so she was fixated with Christianity and trying to save her son's soul, made pilgrimages to the Holy Land, wanted to find the cross, because she knew he was an evil 
whatever. He was about as evil as they come, and the church saints him and lionizes him. And what he did was create a formula that would keep the Roman Empire going for for another 1,500 years, 1,600 years. You might want to say he's brilliant. I've heard some people, oh, what a great idea. Yeah, it was such a great idea to plunge the world into a 1,500-year dark age. I, I, I mean, even militarily, a Roman legion from, from 300 A.D. Would, would have walked over a medieval army from the 1500s. That's how backwards we were for 1,500 years. We won't even start talking about medicine, Roman medicine, how far ahead it was uh, of the nonsense that was being taught in the, in the medieval age. And art, you want to look at sculptures, paintings, tile work, everything the Romans and the Greeks did was way, way ahead right. of whatever whatever the Catholic Church produced until the Renaissance, when they started discovering all these things that we're talking about. And that Michelangelo, who you, you want to tell me about, a great artist Michelangelo was? Yeah, he was. You know why? Because he was a Gnostic. And he depicted Moses with horns on his head. Because every Gnostic knows that Moses was the devil incarnate. When we talk about Christianity, we talk about, you know, uh, their decimation of the, the library in Ale right, Alexandria right, in Egypt. right. Thank uh, you, Michael. The murder of Hypatia. It's just sickness after sickness that they perpetrated on the world. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know um, how we turn that around uh, because, uh, you know, my own experience with people, it's an indoctrination. It's what it is. They're, they're indoctrinated. And, you know, they really can't see beyond that indoctrination. And it runs very, very deep. They start forming at the mouth and talking about Lucifer and everybody's a Satanist that don't want to do exactly what they say. And they want this law and that law. And we got a, we got a militarized police state that they built. And we're murdering Muslims all over the world for no reason because George Bush blew up the World Trade Center on a whim. Uh, I, I mean, this is the kind of sickness that they've, they've pushed on the world. Well, many don't even realize that, especially the fundamentalists like the evangelicals, what they don't realize is that really what they are is uh, Christian Zionists. You know, I know. I don't like to even use the word Zionist. I think it hides the truth. What they are is, is religious fanatics. They've been that way long before the word Zionist was ever invented, Michael. Like you said, they, they weren't Zionists when they burned down the library of Alexander and lost 12,000 years of accumulated knowledge to the world. They, 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 weren't, they weren't Zionists when they murdered everybody in the south of Europe, when they got rid of the Catholics, their only competition. I, I mean, you know, I can go on and on. And Judaism's no better, you know? Their crimes are even worse, some of, some of their crimes. Uh, Zionism's just a new word. I think it, obscure, it obscures the fact that these people have been working against mankind for 2,000 years. I don't want to absolve them by calling them Zionists, giving them just a hundred-year history of infamy. It goes back long, long further than that. So what about, um, just to kind of, as we get to the end of this now, we talked about, you know, Satan, and we talked about Lucifer, and then, you know, uh, we get into conversations with people, and we start talking about magic and mysticism, then they start talking about Aleister Crowley, and then they put Aleister Crowley in a, you know, a very dark type of uh, perception Crowley, also. I, I, I don't want to talk about Aleister Crowley too much until I, I write about it. And I've been told not to write about it, more or less. Uh, so, let me leave it at this. Aleister Crowley was never a black musician. He refutes it himself in his writings. Uh, he says it's like the mouse trying to make friends with the cat. I, I mean, you kind of expect a demon to serve you. What it's going to try to do is just insinuate itself into your life, and then it's going to destroy you. Uh, he was the greatest magician that ever lived. He did things in front of the aristocracy of Europe that Jesus was supposed to have done, the Jesus that never existed, that was invented. He actually did these things. I would say that World War II was really started off of his whim and World War I. But I'll prove that in writing. There are people that know that. He felt exactly the same way I just said. I have one of his most sacred books. Uh, it's a very rare book. But in any case, at the end of it, he, he urges, he wanted a new Aeon, which is a lot of people are working for that new Aeon. Uh, and uh, one of the last things he says in the book is uh, to smite the children of Pata, 
lest they interfere with the rule of the just in the new aeon. And Patar is the god of Judeo-Christianity. That's what the Egyptians called Jehovah. Oh, okay. okay. The god of the pit. Mosaba, the devil. Okay, are you going to write about Alistair Crowley? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Upcoming article on Veterans People Today? People have no or? idea who Alistair Crowley was. It's just really pathetic. That's why I asked, because I, yeah. I know people don't know. No, they have no idea. Then there's another guy, Gundersen, too. I'll be writing about both of them. There's, there was a couple of them. There was, there was these guys who lived maybe 100, 110 years ago. That They were prophets of uh, what they call prophets of Horus. And uh, according to Egyptian mythology, this god, Typhon, Patah, whatever you want to call Jehovah, overthrew Osiris, the god of light. He did this by tricking him with the assistance of the 72 other gods, which tells you right away, uh, uh, Judeo Christianity, because uh, Jehovah has 72 powers, but in any case, we won't get into that. But. This god, Typhon, or Set, has ruled over mankind until now. It's been his, his, his aeon, okay? But in, 19, in the beginning of, of the uh, 20th century, they proclaimed the new aeon. And there were actual prophets of this god who walked the earth, Horus, and performed many miracles in front, in front of the aristocracy. The, uh, uh, one of Aleister Crowley's is documented by... Guy, uh, General, General Fuller, who was one, probably the most brilliant military tactician of the 20th century, he actually invented the Blitzkrieg, uh, and Alistair Crowley turned a, a beautiful young woman into an old hag right in front of him. It's, it's in writing, but in any case, he, he said that she was a vampire. But uh, that's just one of the things. But these guys were doing all kinds of stuff in front of these people, being in two places at once, and... Uh, they consider that they're aeon. So we are living in, in in this battle. Like you asked me before, is there a war going There's been a war going on for a hundred years between the two, Michael. Unfortunately, the human race is going to end up being collateral damage if some of them don't wake up and pick a side. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, uh, in my view, I mean, the writing is on the wall. But unfortunately, so many people are unaware. They don't see it. They're completely in a daze, in a fog. So, I mean, they're in the little box that's been created for them. <laughs> uh -huh. And they don't leave that little box. Well, you have a lot of good good ideas as to remedying that. Homeschooling would be good. Right. Uh, I mean, the TV could be used for such such a tool to educate Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Instead, uh, what do we have? A commercial every two minutes uh, with a half-naked girl dancing around usually. Or, you know, images of things people don't need that... that I would prefer to fix it and use it for the tool of good it could be used for. I don't think it should be thrown in the garbage. But right now, the best thing people could do is turn it off. Turn it off. I agree. I agree 100%. So, Jack, we've reached the end of the interview here, and uh, I want to thank you. And um, your work is, upcoming work, is on Veterans Today, is that correct? Yes, on Veterans Today, yes. Okay. So, so Veterans Today and Rebel.org. Rebel.org. Yes. Okay, and the uh, the article, the six-part article... Um, it's also on Open Salon, too. My open Salon? Stuff. Okay. But that's the stuff where I, I was still learning how to use the periods and commas all over again on there. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the current article is Black Sunrise. I know it Black has Sunrise, a lot of hits yes. on Veterans Today, yeah. so... Uh, yeah. Okay. Well. well, we'll have you back on, and when you write the series of the article on Alistair Crowley, we'll certainly have you back on. I'm going to get to Alistair Crowley. I have to get to him in Black Sun Rising to tell the story. Okay, properly. great. So. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you very much. And that concludes this evening's show, and I would like to thank everyone for listening, and I hope you enjoy the discussion. I will include in the YouTube show notes links to Mr. Hart's articles so you can read them at your leisure. And as always, I'd like to thank you for your support in visiting the blog, sageofquay.com. Please check out my music and my album, Leaving Dystopia, at laboroflovemusic.com. And remember, live in truth and always serve creation. It's really that simple. See everyone next week. Be safe, enjoy, and God bless.